Blog Talk Radio. It's that time again. Time for some real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Whatever you think, whatever you know, whatever you feel, Tanya doesn't mind talking about it. Get ready for some talk that is always ready to R. Because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. Tune in right now for real talk with Tanya and
right, welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White. I hope you enjoyed that Marvin Gaye timeless hit, What's Going On? And that's what we're talking about tonight, what's really going on in politics. And we're in the middle of our Men's Month celebration, so we're getting that uh, perspective from a male's point of view. And if you missed last week's show, we had the awesome, the brilliant uh, Brian Ganges on as co-host, giving the male perspective Talking a little politics, what's going on in the Obama administration, uh, across the board in the Republican Party, Democratic Party, and we're really going to get in it, into it tonight heavily because he, because he visited a Tea Party event this weekend, and he has some very, very interesting, thought-provoking uh, insight from that. And we're going to try to talk about health care, education, um, but if we don't, we will continue this conversation at another time. So if you're a new listener to Real Talk with Tanya White, we welcome you, and we welcome your thoughts. Um, so at the appropriate time, give us a call at 347-215-6446, or you can join us in the chat room right now. Uh, we have uh, our chat room open, and you are welcome to post your comments in a respectful, uh, appropriate manner. We, we This is a family-friendly show, uh, but we respect everyone's opinions. And so we uh, we welcome you to join us in chat or call us at 347-215-6446 tonight. Uh, we also have a Boast About uh, Your Book segment, and we're going to have Corey Barnes on in about four minutes. But before we do that, I would like to bring my co-host on tonight, um, Mr. Brian Ganges. And you can visit him at brianganges.com. Please visit him. Purchase his books. Book him as a, a speaker at your next event. Um, and so we love having co-hosts, but we love having Brian on the show. So welcome him tonight. Hello, Mr. Ganges. How are you? Good evening, Tanya White and everybody. How has your week been since we last spoke, Mr. Ganges? Uh, it's been good. Uh, like you said in the introduction, I took the liberty of going to a tea party event this weekend. And uh wanted to get my own bird's eye view of what, you know, a lot of my friends and family say is a, a racist event party group. And I wanted to see it for myself. I didn't want to just take the word of somebody else who didn't, who'd never been there or, or they heard something. I wanted to see it for myself. So that was quite uh, an interesting time. And we'll, we'll talk about that uh, as the show progresses. Yes, yes. You, you sent over some very uh points we're gonna get into that. Uh we have a lot to talk about. The midterm, primaries, everything. It's been politics, politics, politics all weekend on the T V. Um, very interesting perspective, people who won and what's really going on. But before we get into it, introduce yourself to our audience in your own words, Mr. Ganges. Brian Ganges is one of the realest people you'll ever meet. I'm just a regular guy. I love the Lord. I love people. I want to take care of my family, and I want you to be able to do the same thing. I have a heart for ministry. I might not be your typical uh, run-of-the-mill preacher that runs around with a collar around his neck, but I have a message. I have an anointing. I have a calling, Uh, and that calling is to set the captives free, the people who God has anointed to hear the message that I'm speaking. Uh, I have a, I'm an author. Piecing the puzzle together is my first solo project. 
and that is a Christian manual that will help you get to the next level in God wherever you are. Next book coming out is called Lord Deliver Me from Church Folks. Oh, and it's oh my cool. goodness. When is, ooh, we're going to have to have a, a whole month of that. When is that coming out, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> and that is a somewhat of a continuation of piecing the puzzle together, and that basically shows how we have been called to greatness by God, anointed and equipped by God to do great things, and shows how we veered off of that path into religion and tradition and how we get back to where God called us to be. So it's the shifting that has taken place from where we started off to where we are to getting back to where God wants us to be. So my calling is basically to get people on the right track with God, not through religion, not through legalism, but through a true and fulfilling relationship through Jesus Christ. Wow. com. You can go see it all and uh, turn it back to you, Ms. Thomas. Listen, when is that, when is that second book coming out? <laughs> Everybody loves the title of that book. Um, I'm, I'm looking for early spring, late late winter, early spring, 2011. Okay, that's, that's right around the corner. That's right around the yeah. corner. So what was your yep. inspiration for that particular book? Uh, because, you know, people have, and we'll talk about this when we bring you back to discuss it, but uh, it, leads, it kind of goes along with politics, uh, church and politics. What led you to write that book? Uh, and why do people need to be delivered from church folk? Oh, the second book. Oh, well, the inspiration for that book was basically a lot of my own personal experiences mm-hmm. because I had a lot of questions, and I still have questions, but I had a lot of questions when I was a young believer in the 90s. And I got a lot of bad information as the answer to my questions. And what a lot of people don't realize is that God has ordained the church to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Mm -hmm. And in that, we have been given a responsibility to be carriers of his truth. So if people realize that, and people do, people realize that the church is supposed to be a place of refuge, of love, of support, supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And you've got to realize that that's the mantle that we hold as a church, Not a building, but the people are the church, the believers. Now, what I saw was that people who are looking for answers, if they don't get the answers that they're looking for, Mm -hmm. that's sufficient to to the problem that they're facing, they're going to go somewhere, and they're going to find answers. They're going to look for answers. They're going to find answers somewhere, whether it's in the church or whether it's in some place that they don't need to be, but they're going to find an answer somewhere. They're going to be curious, and they're going to be searching for something. So I got tired of seeing people fall into crazy traps and the, the, the guiles and the deceits of the enemy because they were looking for something but couldn't find what they were looking for in the church because the church would sweep stuff under the rug, they would mm-hmm. half-address stuff, and they would religiously, you know, coat over what the real solution was and what the real issue was. People want to be delivered from homosexuality, drugs. People just, you know, and the church, not the whole church, but a lot of the church just glazed over it. Instead of dealing with the real issues and coming at people where they are, meeting people where they are, which is how Jesus did it. He met you where you were. And if people say, hey, I'm looking for an answer. That didn't work, so I'm going somewhere else. So, Listen, that that sounds good. It sounds much like what's going on in politics. People are looking for answers. Absolutely. And if absolutely. you're not getting, if this party's not getting or this party, 
then we're just we're gonna find our answers. But we're gonna hold that oh. thought because we got a lot to talk about. And you know what? And let me let me address it. And that speaks to something that I saw um, in the paper today on the internet today. Gallup.com, big 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 Gallup poll. Fifty-eight percent of Americans are in favor of a third party. Yes. Because they see that the two-party system just doesn't work. It's not working. Fifty-eight percent. That's huge. That is humongous. I mean, I've yes. never heard a, a number say, you know what? Uh, the Democratic, Republican, none of y'all working for us. We need That's something right. new. Wow. Right. Brand, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. But we have a boast about our book segment tonight, and we have Mr. Corey Barnes on, and he has a book that is a hot topic. It's called Single for the Night, and he's going to come on for about 10 minutes to talk about that book. So let us welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White for the first time, Mr. Corey Barnes. Let's see if Blog Talk's acting right today. Hello, Mr. Barnes. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right, Ms. White. How are you doing? I am fantastic. We have our co-host tonight, Brian Gange. He's on tonight. How are you doing, Good evening. excited to talk about this book. But before we get into it, Corey, tell us who you are in your own words. Uh, who am I? I'm a, um, I don't know, I'm a lifelong learner. I love to read, love to write. Um, and I'm just looking to present the mail in a different form than he's been written about in the in the past, and just enjoying myself and happy to have a chance to pre- continue to present this to to the people. All right, you're a Capricorn too, and that's why I love you. You're a fellow Capricorn. <laughs> uh, so listen, you, your first book. What is this? This love thing all about? Can you briefly tell us what that what that was about? Uh, because your uh, second book is a sequel to that, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yes, uh, the first book came out last October, and it's basically it's a contemporary fiction book. I just I once again I'm trying to I'm trying to bring chivalry back to uh, to um, to literature, and basically I just read, I wrote about a guy named Rick who's got his stuff together, and he just can't seem to get it right as it relates to um, relates to being with, finding a woman to be with. And and I just wrote basically, you know, nowadays, you know, you, you can't, you know, it's, it's, it's powerful if a guy is into a girl, it's just real powerful for him to express that. And I just wanted to kind of do a kind of throwback type deal to when our grandparents were, you know, coming up, if if my granddad liked my grandmother, he didn't have a problem letting her know that. He didn't have a problem, you know, doing things to show her that he was into her and, and, you know, whatever it took for him to get with her, it was okay to open the door. If it's, you know, uh, calling throughout the day to see how she's doing, if it's just, you know, just sending her, sending her some roses to work. And I just wanted to bring that back because I just I got tired of reading about the male men depicted as, you know, the pimp, the player, the one-night stand, the drug, you know, that type. And there's nothing wrong with that. Get, don't get me wrong, but I just think there's more to us than that. And I just wanted to write a story that uh, write about a guy that kind of depicts the 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 whole, you know, facet of a man, not just that part. The whole facet. You're, you're speaking my language, chivalry, that old school type of love. That's what I'm talking about. Right. Uh, me and have been getting a very bad rap in uh, a lot of uh, fiction literature. So I'm glad that you 
stepped out, became, uh, wrote this book, and put your thoughts on paper. Now, uh, Single for the Night is a sequel to what is this love thing all about. So what can readers expect in this? Uh, readers can expect to, to read a little bit more about Rick and, and his um and his quest to you know to for happiness. Just you know, very he's just simply trying to live life and, and be happy and and um I got a very good response from one of the secondary characters in the first book, uh, his name was Smooth, um, pretty much a womanizing um record producer and so I made him into one of the, you know, the main characters in the second book, and I introduced another female character. And also, continuing on Aphrodite, who is Rick's love interest, who is, who's there, but who's not really there, and um, kind of went from two characters to four characters. So it's just a, it's a continuation. Um, can, you know, can Rick find, can he get past, you know, Aphrodite, without me giving too much, you know, from the first one, can he get past, you know, what happened to him? Um, is is you know Candy, which is the new character, is she what he's looking for? And I and I say this, I say this, I um, I was I say this here and now. I put it on my Facebook page a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. I say, um, you show me a good man, and I'll show you a woman. Excuse my language, who doesn't know what to do with him. I'll keep it because I remember your email. Yeah, it's been doesn't know what to, doesn't know what to do with him, and so that's kind of. The genre that you know, Rick's a good good guy, and he's just looking for someone, a good woman that kind of knows what to do with him to keep it, keep so it. So let PG. me ask you, Corey, do you think uh, what are some uh, misconceptions that women in general have about men in relationships? Because you know, from the media, from the books, it's all one sided. Uh, that I, I just I just feel like one bit deal I I've kind of come across lately. You know, I was doing my quote unquote research for this book. Um, and also for the first book is that women have a hard time, and I'm not saying all women, but some women have a hard time with allowing, taking each guy on, on, you know, letting him make his own way. Whereas what I mean by that is if if she was with a guy, say, two years ago, and he dogged her out, did her wrong, you know, didn't do right by her, the next two or three guys that she dates are going to be punished you know, maybe not on purpose, but, you know, let's just say if, if that guy was cheating on you, let's say you with this new guy and he has the work late and say he, he's supposed to get off at 6 and he used to call you at 6 and it's 6.30. He had work late. He was in a meeting. You know, you don't know what happened. He doesn't call you at 6 and when he does call at 6.30, you already think he's, you know, stepping out on you or he's setting yeah. something up, that type deal. So it's like the misconceptions that or the walls that, you know, get put up um, from past, I just think that sometimes, and, and like I say, it's not unwarranted. I can understand, right. but you know, a lot of times women don't give the guy a chance to make his own way. Just like I, I always say, give the guy a chance to, if he's gonna mess up, give him a chance to mess up. Don't you know, paint him, paint him into a wall, and already have your mind made up before he even opens his mouth. And so um, that's that the biggest thing I see. You have those walls up, so it's, the guy's already, he's already down two touchdowns before, you know, before the kickoff. Brian, do you agree with that? Uh, Yeah, I've seen that happen before. Okay. I, I have seen that happen before. Right, um, so. Yeah, I can't put everybody in the same box, but I, I've, seen, I've seen that situation before. Well, listen, Corey, where can we get these wonderful books? 
Uh, Single for the night and what is uh, Single for the night actually comes out next month. Um, having a book release party here locally here in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, really excited about that. We're going to actually have a book release party slash masquerade ball. Um, wow. You know, the kind of, in the Halloween format, so you can dress up. Um, so it should be pretty nice. I'm really excited about that. But you can pick them up at uh, Amazon on my website, which is www.coreyjayjay.com. Uh, books a million, Barnes and Noble, anywhere that you know, find books or so, you can pick it up. Uh, both of those are are. What is this little thing all about? Is available Amazon Kindle right now, and Single for the Night will also be as well. So just they're out there, um, and my whole thing is, you know, take a chance and, you know, check it out. And if you like it, tell a friend, tell to, you know, word of mouth is the biggest form of advertisement. So um, I, I think they're both good stories. They're very realistic, real-life characters, real-life situations going on. So um, everybody will get something out of it, and I've gotten very, you know, good feedback from the first one. And the, the biggest thing is, you know, with a sequel I found out is, I'm very, like, excited, but I'm very, like, nervous as well because, you know, trying to follow up yeah. the first one. I, you know, and it's my first time writing a sequel, so I didn't know. It's it's you kind of it's built in pressure to follow up and, you know, to try to continue with the story and, you know, try to tell a different story, keep it going, but kind of keep it fresh and new and, you know, you don't want to write the same thing. So that, that was probably my biggest challenge. It was fun, but it... It wasn't easy, and I'm very excited, but I'm very nervous as well. As to well, of course, that's going to be with any book project, but we're excited for you. And what is that website again so we can put it up in the chat room? Uh, www.coreyjayjay.com. J-A-Y-E? Yes, first name, middle name, dot com. Dot com. All right, Mr. Corey Barnes, we will look forward to reading those uh Books and you have a wonderful book release party. That's a unique idea, and we thank you for we being appreciate. on the I appreciate. It. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna hang up. But I'm gonna yeah, hang out. And if you have a question, we're talking about politics, so I know it's gonna get hot. Yeah, okay. I heard my man was my man was getting really excited when I turned in, so he makes me want to stay online and hear what else he got to say. All right, then we're gonna mute you out. But if you have something to say, just press the number one again. Okay, thank you so much. All right. All right. All right, if you just joined Real Talk with Tanya White, our topic today is, man, what is going on in politics? We just had our Boast About Your Book segment with Corey uh, Barnes, and his book, Single for the Night, comes out in October. So visit him at CoreyJ.com, CoreyJ.com. Um, so, Mr. Ganges. Yes, ma'am. Let's start out with your visit to the Tea Party event. We're talking about what? man, what's going on in politics? What's really going on in the Tea Party? Yeah, well, like I like I originally said, I um I was you know heard the media just like everybody else, you know how it's a racist group and blah blah blah, and I just wanted to go and see for myself. So right. <laughs> before I did that, though, I did have to remember back, had a little get a little get a little history of what the Tea Party was actually all about. And the Tea Party, the original intent was to protest the corruption and the tyranny of the British crown on the colonies. And so what they did as a result of the corruption that they were under, they dumped the tea in the harbor, in the Boston Harbor. Mm-hmm. The Tea Party was a protest. And so that original intent is good. 
We have a First Amendment right to petition our government for a redress of grievances. First Amendment right. I'm all for it. Now, so I, when I went to the party, the Tea Party, now the Tea Party was probably, the, the current Tea Parties are probably since 2007. And basically what it is, I did a little research on it, and basically what it is, it was an organic grassroots group that, like they did, you know, in the 1700s, was a protest against the two parties. And so they formed this grassroots group, and they basically were trying to, you know, kind of go a third party, trying to, you know, get a little diversity in here. Let's, you know, let's separate from these two big guys. So what happened is, and I, and I learned this as I was observing the tea parties, the tea parties were not Republican and Democrat originally in 2007. They were disgruntled Republicans, disgruntled Democrats, and independents who were on the fence. Mm-hmm. And they, they stepped out of the two-party box and they jumped on this quote-unquote Tea Party. It's like, hey, well, yeah, you know, they're, they're saying something different than the Republicans and the Democrats and the independents. You know, let's, let's start doing this over here. Now, this is where it gets tricky, and this is where I saw the game manifested at the Tea Party. What the Republican Party did was they said, well, look, this, we're, we're having too many people get off the reservation, and we're starting to see where this thing is going. So what they did was they got people like Glenn Beck, Sarah Palin, mm-hmm. and this week they had Ann Coulter. Mm-hmm. And what they did was they co- what they did was they co-opted the Tea Party. And what they basically did was they put their arm around the Tea Party and said, "You guys are doing a good job. We like it. Let's help you host this event over here." And so now the media, instead of it instead of it being an independent grassroots organic group, now it's it's labeled basically as a Republican group again. And so what they did was they just put that hook around the Tea Party and then reeled it back into the right wing, and then everybody said, they're the racists, they're the racists, and and here's how I know that for sure. That was what I thought, but this is how I know it for sure. When I went, they had T-shirts. They had Fox News affiliates there. They had had Ann Coulter was was the keynote speaker. I was like, this is nothing but, I said, they just hijacked. They just hijacked the Tea Party. The Tea Party has no credibility anymore, and they're back in the right-left game all over again. That's all it is. Now, the people who were there, the good people who were sitting in the stands and cheering, that's, those were good, hardworking American patriots. They were, they're good people. They're just uninformed, but they're good people. Um, well, you, and, said, and they, you, said, you said one, one important word. They're tired, and they want something new. What what right. we have right now is not uh, working. And uh, I saw a Bill Clinton interview on Yahoo News, and that's uh-huh. one point that he made, that we need to listen to what they're saying. They're saying that we are not getting our needs met, basically. As average middle America, we're not getting our needs met. And so... But you got but you got to be careful of that guy too, because he's part of the game too. He, his job is to keep the black people on the reservation on the left, mm-hmm. and both of these guys are there. Their job is to keep the white people on the reservation on the right. Mm-hmm. And then you got somebody like Chris Matthews and other people, and Jesse Jackson, and these other guys. And I'm not a hater on anybody. I'm just I just see the game for what it is. Mm-hmm. You just gotta you gotta watch people and their rhetoric, rhetoric and their actions. See, I always look at the actions. I don't care what you tell me. I follow what you do, mm-hmm. and 
that's why, because people, a lot of black people get mad at me when I talk about Bill Clinton, but I just come real with you. I say, look, I look at your actions. I don't care what you tell me. So when I listen to Bill Clinton, and he says, he, he said exactly what you just said, you were, you're exactly correct, mm-hmm. but he's saying that because the Democrats are in trouble. And oh, yeah. He's trying, oh, definitely that. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to, he's trying to seem like he's this, this great, um, this great, uh, a statesman that's coming in to help Barack Obama out of his trouble. So he's looking like the savior. And come on, man. Look, the, the facts speak for themselves. The facts okay, speak for and, themselves. And, and, well, you said something real because when I saw it, I was like, yeah, the Democrats are in trouble. But at, at, at this state, do you think he that he has been swayed to do that or this is what he wanted to do on his own? Because Oh, no. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's totally a tool. Okay, that's that's what I got from the interview. I'm like, he doesn't even want to do, from his facial expression, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But what he was saying was true. People are tired, but I was like, Mm -hmm. does he really want to do this? (laughs) Yeah, because he's trying to play play both sides. He's trying to play, you know, he's left. Everybody knows he's left, but he's trying to say, well, you know, but this is all about the American people. We have to give the American people. So he's giving the illusion of wrapping everything in the American flag so that, People can say, yeah, that's right, we're not happy. So he says, yeah, well, we need to give him another chance. And everybody says, yeah. And everybody gets all excited. And, and, but you got to remember, once you get excited, see, that's what they do with, like, in basketball games, football games. They cheer you up. They pump you up. Even if your team is losing, just keep cheering. Just keep pumping. Yeah. yeah. Defense. Defense. And everybody loses fact, sight of the fact and your team is losing. Losing. They're not playing. They're not playing the game correctly. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, well, just keep, just keep cheering. Just keep buying beer. Just keep buying sodas. Just keep just keep cheering. Everything will be all right. Well, listen, you know? and, and that's what basically after you know you know like you said you have to listen to people say and I grabbed from it. People were tired, but I did also grab uh, that our president, the party in general. Is it's it, some some trouble, uh, some trouble. You know, for they really start campaigning for the next election probably in about a year, right? His start oh, yeah. campaign. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, because people are really not their hope is gone in him. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, they're they're using him or Bill Clinton because honestly, during his administration, whatever, people were working. Things were growing or whatever. And so people remember that feeling, as you said, of uh, our country prospering. So I was, that's what I got from him. I was like, okay. But what he said me, was, was true. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's fine. I, you're, and you're right. You're absolutely right. Because everybody knows, even though it's really a, it's really a farce of an analysis, they say, right. well, there times during the Clinton administration, well, that's not really true because really what that was is that's when they started the dot-com bubble. And that's when everything was just booming because of the dot-com bubble. And, you know, when they start printing money like that, that money's got to go somewhere. So it said, hey, let's put it in the stock market. That's why the stock market jumped. That's why everybody had a job, blah, 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 blah. Right. It's game. All the game. But right. let me go back to something you said that was really good. You said something really good. And you basically were talking about Bill Clinton and, you know, you know hey, helping uh, Barack Obama and blah, blah, blah. You got the election coming up. Really, this is what I see them doing with the Tea Party. <clears throat> I see them... And I could be wrong, but this is what I see. I see them, uh, the Tea Party and the Republican Party, putting Sarah Palin 
as the candidate in 2012. Oh, oh, definitely if they, that. <laughs> if they, but if they do that, then Barack Obama will get another another chance. Then he'll get another. He'll get reelected. Yeah, I, I see that too because they. Uh, I've been looking to see who their chosen one is going to be, and nobody uh-huh. has um, stepped out in the forefront. Um, right. When Sarah uh, left uh, the governorship, of, uh, mm-hmm. I knew I was like, okay, she's she's up to something. She's just not, mm-hmm. you know, being on her own and you know, right. just making this. But no, she's up. There's a strategy behind that, but uh, uh-huh. and that's why she's. You know, it appearing everywhere. Um, yeah. Everywhere. And, you know, even with her daughter Bristol being on Dancing with the Stars tonight, that is a strategy in itself. Absolutely. That's all Very game. Good strategy. Mm-hmm. So, because she's going to get that young, single mother, you know, empathy going and everything. So, I'm I'm just, everybody needs to watch and wake up. Uh, if you just join Real Talk with Tanya White, we're talking about, man, what's really going on in politics. We have our co-host, Brian Ganges, if you have some questions or comments about Brian's uh, trip to the Tea Party event, please give us a call at 347-215-6446 and press the number one. Uh, We will gladly take your call. All right, Brian, what else did you see? Well, I basically saw, like I said, I basically saw that the Republican Party is trying to silence any type of dissent, any type of off the, I, I like to say off the reservation, off the reservation thought, any independent thought other than what the party is doing. Because when you get stuck into that Democratic Party, I'm a, I'm a Democrat, I'm an avid Democrat, I'm an avid Republican, that means that you have to be, basically have like a, a beehive mentality that everybody in the beehive has to think the same thing. Basically, this is the way we're going. This is the direction they're moving. And anybody who has a, a, an independent thought outside of this is, you know, treasonous, a traitor. You know, you're not one of the group. You're not one of the faithful, you know, and you get reprimanded or vilified or, you know, ostracized. Mm-hmm. But my thing is we were all created as individuals. We're not created as a group. Now, you're black, I'm black, but we are not black people. We, we are individuals. We happen to be black, but I'm not black people. So that means that just because black people are doing it doesn't mean that I have to do it. I'm accountable to God. I'm accountable to God and the truth first. Now, I'm a male. Just because all males are doing something doesn't mean that I have to do it. Or just because all people in New Jersey are doing something doesn't mean that I have to do it. You understand what I'm saying? We are individuals first. Uh, we, we, are, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, as the word says. We have our own DNA. Mm-hmm. We have our own fingerprint. God knows the numbers of my hairs in my head. So there's an individual relationship that I have with God and I'm accountable to. Mm-hmm. Now, if I put that on the back burner and say, well, I'm going to go with the Republicans or the Democrats, and we're going to go forward. Well, you can't say that. You can't say that because what if the Republican Party or the Democratic Party promotes something that goes against your ideals, your your core values? Are you going to forget who you are and your reference points on the inside of you and follow the group? Or are you going to be accountable to the truth and say, no, I'm going to deal with this on an individual and an issue-by-issue basis, not a party basis. I'm not the party. Right. 
But that's what they want. They want you to be a part of the beehive. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've got to get out of. We've got to get out of that beehive mentality. And that's what the people that were at the tea party were doing. They were a part of the beehive. They had Bridget Gabrielle, um, uh, Deborah Medina. She was the um, uh, Republican uh, gubernatorial candidate for the Republican Party. They had uh, Kathy Little. I believe she was a, or I can't remember her last first name. Was something Little. She was a libertarian mm-hmm. governor, candidate, gubernatorial candidate. And they had a couple other people, and they were just, Person after person, they were cheerleading. Texas, we gotta go for Texas. Ah, the Republicans, we gotta get those Democrats out. And they kept, and they kept going back, yeah. left versus right, left versus right. And they kept, they kept everybody on the reservation, and they kept having everybody cheer. Every time they they said something good about the Republicans, that was like a code word to cheer. And every time they said something bad about the Democrats, that was a code word to boo. And then wow. I was, they just keep it, it, was, it was like stage, and nobody saw what was going on. And I was taking notes, and people were looking at me like, well, first they were looking at me crazy. Yeah. I didn't look Who like anybody in. <laughs> <laughs> but I was taking notes, and I was, you know, I was making little diagrams and some things that I saw, and I was like, man, this is bad news. But I saw the game for myself, and I was glad that I went. So. Wow. Well, we're glad that you went. I know you're going to write something up about that. One more point about that. You said something. Uh, was any black media there? B T, uh, oh, Any, no. no, and that's something no. we need to get out of too. Uh, we, right. uh, when you said you went, I was like, wow, we need to be showing up at this event so we can get a balanced approach. And exactly. uh, what I, what I hear you saying is that there are a lot of hurting people in there, and when you're hurting, you're trying to look for hope anywhere yeah. until you yeah. come to yourself. And so, um, hopefully. Um, a lot of people will come wake up and, you know, come to themselves and, and not operate out of hurt uh, and really look at the facts. We do have a call, Brian, uh, from Texas, so we're going to bring them on. Welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White, 214. Do you have something to say? Yes, I do. How are you doing this evening? Hi. Thank you for calling. Hello. I just have a question for um, for uh, your co-host, Brian Ganji, since he attended the tea party this weekend. Uh-huh. Um, from what his, if the Tea Party races like many blacks in the media are saying lately, because it's kind of hard to tell, you know, with the media, they sometimes brainwash you to think one thing, and, you know, until you actually go for yourself, you won't know. But in your opinion, is it? You said, is the Tea Party a racist group? Yes. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, don't, I would say, based on my own analysis and being objective, because I'm not a member of the Tea Party, I'm not a member of the Democrat or the Republican, Republican Party, I would say that everybody in there, and I'm not saying that there's no racist in the group, but what I'm saying is those are just regular, hardworking people. I talk to some of them, you know, and, and basically what it is, I think, now based on what I viewed for myself, what it is, like I said, it was the Republican Party snatching the identity of the Tea Partiers as an independent grassroots organic group and bringing them back onto the Republican reservation. Then what they did was they say, hey, what we have to do now is we have to make sure that these people are, how can I say it, the, the Tea Partiers. What they have to, we, have to, we have to show America, we've got to keep the That's basically, basically what the comedian wants to do is they want to keep dissension. Think about this, and here's why I say that. Do, they, do you ever hear the media talking about black, the blacks, that sold the black slaves to white people. You never hear that. 
You always hear about how white people treated black slaves. Not saying that it's not true, but what about the blacks that treated the blacks bad and then sold them to white people? You never hear that. So what they have to do is they have to, they have to touch a nerve in the black community and say, you know what? These white people have done you wrong. They hate black people. And then the black people say, yeah, they hate us. And they, they, they instigate, and they, they keep putting their finger on that puddle of water, and it, never, and it never stops. And every time we do it, every time they do it, it's like a ripple effect, and it just cascades into the black community. So see, I don't fall for that, because you could be a racist all day against black people. You can hate black people. You can kill black people. I'm going to stand up against it. But you can't stop me. I don't fall for that. I know, I know that racism exists, but racism don't stop me because my God is bigger than racism. So what they do is they always try and put us, pit us against each other. Black, light-skinned blacks versus dark-skinned blacks. Whites versus blacks. North versus South. Male versus female. All they want to do is just divide us. That's all they want to do. And so they got these, they got these nice, good, hardworking white folks at the tea party. All they were talking about was freedom, liberty, Second Amendment, First Amendment. They didn't say anything about black people. They didn't say nothing about black people. All they want is to be left alone. Work, make their money, leave me alone. That's all they want. And I was cool with that. But we have, as people, we have to stop uh, enabling the media, enabling people like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, even though they make some good points from time to time, they're enablers. They are opportunists. They are people who, they feed on people who are emotional. <clears throat> they don't generally bring logic and reasoning to, the, reasoning to the discussion. They always try to stir you up, always try to instigate always trying to agitate, open up old wounds. I understand Jim Crow. I understand it's hurtful. I understand the civil rights movement. I understand all that. I'm cool with that. But if you remember the civil rights movement, that was a time when whites and blacks came together against the white machine that was perpetrating those atrocities. There were white people that marched with Dr. King. Am I correct? Yeah, Definitely. So we have to realize, we got we to look at the situation for what it is and see who the enemy is. The enemy is not Republican or Democrat or white or black. That's not the enemy. The enemy is those that will divide us. That's the enemy, whether it's a black person or a white person or a Democrat or a Republican. But it comes on both sides of the aisle. But we as a black people, we got to stop bowing down and worshiping the Democratic Party. we got to stop that. They are not our friends. Right. Well, oh, did that so, answer your question, Carla? Hello? Carla? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much for calling. Continue to listen. We are running quickly out of time. Uh, Brian, we got 10 minutes, and we're not even going to even touch what I want to talk about, education. We might have to bring this back, uh, this topic back again before the year is out. But I want right. to talk about um I'm not even going to touch education, even though Oprah had something on her show and I need to watch it tonight. Um, I think it's going to be a whole separate show. But I oh, want but to you... talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to talk about um, 
some proposed solutions. You know, the midterm elections, everybody's making their statement. You know, what is working is not working. That's why we're voting for the new people. Um, we hear the, this, you know, the disgrunt, disgruntlement of men, women, children, black and white. But what are mm-hmm. really, at this time, what are some proposed solutions? Because I also read an article uh, where from our president, on, and it said, that recession still still real despite its end. And he was trying to uh, say, you know, even though it's ended, people are still hurting. Basically, I got what, um, yeah. from what he said, somebody told him this is what you need to say. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's, you know, after re- listening to Bill Clinton's and all this other, uh, all these other people, I was like, okay, he came on the day and said what people are saying, people are hurt, still hurting. Uh, one woman made the point, you know, I'm I'm still exhausted of for defending you, defending your administration, um, deeply disappointed with where we are right now. And I think that's the key thing that's missing. Right now, uh, I don't care what happened in the past. Uh, I really don't care about the future, but right now I'm hurting. Right now jobs are continuing to be lost. Right now people are still losing their homes. Right now, you know, people's paychecks are, you know, getting smaller and smaller. Right now, people are having to allow family members in their house because they got evicted or, you know, they lost their job. Right now, the nowness of what's going on and what has gone on for many years. What can we do right now? Well, we have to – there's a lot of things to do, but one of the main things that we can do is we've got to get the career politicians out of office. That's the first thing we got to do. We gotta get we gotta get the people who are funded by the big banks and the special interests and the lobbyists. Uh, we gotta get them out, all of them, every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that way, because you gotta bring accountability back to the people. Because if you have a group of people, a majority of an overwhelming majority of the American people were against the Baker bailouts, but yeah. the Congress and didn't even care, didn't even care. The Declaration of Independence says that our elected officials get their power from the consent of the governed. In other words, you do it because I tell you to do it. Not, I think this is best for you, so I'm going to do this even though you're telling me not to do it. No, you get your power from the consent of the governed. That means you, Tanya White, Brian Ganges, that caller that called in, we tell you what to do. You don't arbitrarily ask your 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 uh, your your donors what you think what they think you should do. You ask me. You ask Tanya White. You ask so and so. And so we've got to get those career politicians that are funded by the big banks and special interests out. That's the first. If that doesn't happen, nothing will change. Mm-hmm. So that's why people have to be informed. They got to stop chanting slogans. They've got to stop going to rallies. That's irrelevant. R- rallies are irrelevant. If you're not informed, <laughs> it's just some time to get happy. Yeah. I'm going to the, I'm going, you know, you can go to the hockey game or the basketball game or the football game, and you can, get, you can get riled up. But if you're not informed, if you don't understand what's going on, if you can't see the game being played, if you can't see the wolves being pulled over your eyes, then you're just a sheep. Right. Right. You know? and, and, it's, and it's information. We're – you know, and it's not just reading, it's understanding. 
what is right. really going on, looking at the whole big picture of things and not just saying, you know, I'm on this side, and if you're not on this side, then I don't want to be with you. No, you know, because my side is wrong sometimes, you know. And I'm yes. going to point that out, just like I'm wrong sometimes. And, you know, I admit that. We have to admit who we support is not give us, a, you know, the right to say they're always right. That's right. Your candidate is not God. So right. you've got to be true. And, you know, maybe your candidate did miss the vote. Okay, that's fine. Just okay. admit it. Don't cover it up. Don't cover admit, it up. Admit it. And, let's, and that's why I say the proposed solutions. Let's admit it. You know, these past 21 months have not been what I thought they were going to be based on the campaign. And you've got to stop blaming the previous administration. We know that the previous administration messed up. We know that. That's why, you know, he's gone. And that's what I say. We cannot continue to say it's going to take time. You know, they did this and they dug a hole. No, it was many, many years of digging the hole. Uh, And so we've got to. I, that's why I say the nowness of things, because now in my subdivision alone, there's a house going up every month. And I'm like, goodness gracious, one house has been on the market for about four years. Nobody's moving in it. So from my lo- local perspective in my neighborhood, things are not doing well. You know what I'm saying? People are not doing well. When I know so many people are losing their jobs or, uh, you know, being underemployed or, you know, getting cut hours, and yet their bills are still, you know, people are not doing well. So we need to operate in the now and stop going yep. riding that hope hope train. Uh, <laughs> we need some results right now. And that's that's why I say um, I'm not much, I'm not much of a cheerleader. I'm a results person. you got to show me some, some things. you got to show me something. Go ahead. And you always know. Because I'm, I'm, I'm about results, too. And you always know, like I said, you got to see the game. And you got to look at the buzzwords. Anytime, right. somebody injects, anytime somebody injects race in everything that they talk about, does it, like I said, it race makes it. But every time somebody injects race into something, just know that they're not on the right side of, of, of the issue. They're not. Uh, anytime somebody says, you know, give them more time, they're not on the right side of the issue. Anytime somebody says, you know, it's for the American people. They're not on the right side of the issue. They're not for you. These are buzzwords. Right. These are things that you got to realize. The media, they study human behavior. They know how you and I are going to act before, you know, well, those, those, those Americans who have the beehive mentality, they know how we're going to act before we act because they study psychology. They, they study the mind. They understand the, the, the reality of what we will their reality, mm-hmm. and, and it's, called, it's called problem, reaction, solution. They do things so that you can, and, 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 and so that you will react a certain way, and then they already come with these pre-packaged, pre-programmed solutions and say, mm-hmm. okay, well, do, you want, do you want, like we said last week, do you want this cyanide milkshake or do you want this bullet in there? Well, I want the cyanide milkshake and I got to get it to live. <laughs> Instead of saying, no, I don't want to die. I want right. to live, and I don't want your solutions. Right. Right. That's that's how we haven't got off the reservation yet because we keep taking their solutions. Right. So that's what I'm saying. If we want if we want serious change and right now change, like you said, we got to vote all the all the incumbents got to go, the Republican and Democrat. You got to go. And like I love I love what you did. We got to show up at uh, unconventional events and you know find out for ourselves. Um, 
And if you if you don't know, I was going to mention a book called Authority Abusers, and that goes back to what you're saying. Everybody uh, wants us to be in this box, and if you're not, then you are you're the enemy. You creating division. But it's by George Bloomer called Authority Abusers, and those people in authority who want to keep their power and keep people programmed, they start abuse abusing the people who are hurting, and that's what I see that's going on right now. Uh, there's a lot of hurting people, and they, they're they're subtly uh, preying on our vulnerabilities and uh, and keeping us programmed. And say yes, I want this, or yes, I'm gonna keep you know keep cheering for you, and that's abuse. Uh, mm-hmm. to try to keep you down. So we gotta be informed for ourselves. Like I said, uh, even the black media, they need to be at every every event, not just Democratic, Republican, Tea Party. They need to be at every event so they can get. A balanced perspective, um, right? And not a Fox News. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm just gonna tell you. You need to write an article and submit to Ebony Essence Jet on your experience with the Tea Party. Oh shoot! Those clowns ain't gonna fit my article. <laughs> I'm even tripping on uh, Essence and them. But they, we really need that because, um, yes, because you, like you said, we hear racism and we automatically shut down. Say we're not gonna hear nothing you say because you're a racist, and that is. You know, this is a new generation. I, I, I see the generation, and a lot of the new generations, they're not worried about race. You can no. see it in the classroom. There are so many bi, biracial, bi-ethnicity uh, kids coming up. Ain't nobody really yeah. worried about race. Yeah. We passed, look, we, whether you want to believe it or not, so we're not living in the civil rights era anymore. We're right. the new generation now. Now, it was unfortunate, the things that happened in this country, and racism still exists. I'm, I'm cool. I'll admit that all day long. But, man, you know, if your mother passed, that's sad. That's really sad that your mother passed. But, you know, you've got to get over that. Yeah. You've got to get over your mother passed. That's sad. That she, but you've got to get over that. Your dad exactly. passed. That's sad. You've got to move forward. Yeah. We've got to move forward as a people, as a country. Um, this has been awesome. Brian Gandhi's. Give them your information and tell them when you're going to be back with us. We love having you on. You kick it real. You need to be a university professor. You, you, tell, me, you, tell, me, you tell me when I'm coming back. <laughs> I'm going to email you. Uh, you uh, can you come back next week? We're talking about men making moves to inspire the next generation, and you show, so fit that mold. Can you come home with me next week? Monday? Next Monday. We're going to have Layman Hicks on. and um, He's an author, and he ran for... Let me get it right. School board? Oh, I have it written down. In Florida. So he's going to be on talking about how he's inspiring the next generation and what he sees uh, that's going yeah. on. I'd love to be on. Yeah, well, thank you, Brian Gandy. Give him your information. Brian's going to be on next week. Yay. Yay, yay. Okay. Go ahead. com. That's the best place to reach me. Uh, my website where I uh, have my books. Piecing the puzzle together, my next book, Lord Deliver Me from Church Folks, and my uh, anthology, The Soul of a Man, uh, which is a compilation that shows how 14 African-American men had a struggle, and we showed how we overcame through our faith in Christ. Um, so we don't, have to, we don't have to worry about what the media says about black men. We showed you how we overcame. Wow. So. Exactly. And, Brian, so, you have some questions in our chat room. Uh, there's some people in there got some questions for you, and we're sorry we can't get you on. But join us next Monday as we continue our Men's Month celebration. 
Uh, Brian's going to be co-host, he just said, and Layman Hicks from Florida, he's going to be on. He's an author, and he also ran for, uh, oh, I have it written down, school board, um, a school board seat in Florida. He's like 22 years old, so all young people are not out there doing drugs and having babies. This brother has it going on. He's focused, and he has a plan for his future and teaching uh, other young people to do the same. Listen, um, we're talking about politics, and all I can get from uh, everything that Brian has offered and we have said in these last two weeks is to find out for yourself. Get the information for yourself, and just, you know, don't be hoodwinked anymore. Don't ride on the that train anymore, that hope train without results. But be informed. Get the results that you desire, uh, and, you know, make – Make your points known. If you don't agree with it, say why. If you agree with it, say why. But be informed for yourself. Uh, And let's wake up, y'all. So we're going to close out with that song by Teddy P. Wake up, everybody, because we have some things to do in this country. And if we stay asleep, it's not going to get done. I love you guys. Have a great week, and see you next Monday.